I'm Karen Lewis, and welcome to Recovery Bites, a show that gets real about recovery, where we welcome voices in the field and voices of experience. Join me for candid interviews with experts in eating disorder and mental health recovery. Listeners can look forward to new perspectives, meaningful conversations, diverse connection, and compelling personal narratives that make a powerful difference in how we live. Episodes focus on life beyond recovery, the good and the not so good, the successes and the challenges, and the authentic accounts of recovered lives. Not their whole story, just bites. All right, everyone, here we go. This is a really beautiful episode. My guest for today is Jacqueline Aiden, and we are going to hear firsthand why diets don't work. This is a really important episode, and it's really sacred. So let's just jump right in. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Recovery Bites. We have an incredible show for all of you today. My guest is Jacqueline Aiden. Jacqueline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to have you here for you to share your story and share your truth. And so, Jacqueline, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and and what you do? Yeah, so I've always struggled with my weight my whole life. Um, I was put on diet since I was like five years old from my doctors. And it was always something that was a constant. I would go on every diet, lose weight, and then end up gaining more weight back. And the solution was always just lose more weight or try a different diet or try something different to just try to lose weight. And in 2012, it got really hard for me. And I found myself weighing the heaviest that I've ever been in my life. And instead of my doctor saying, let's get you help or what's going on, it was immediately you need to have weight loss surgery or lose weight. And the conversation, again, even though I told them how much I was struggling was always back to, you need to lose weight. So I lost a large amount of weight, came to like very unhealthy behaviors and patterns to try to get as skinny as possible. And that was still being praised. So it just made it feel like what I was doing was what I should be doing. So I kept going and it got really out of hand where it stopped being, I want to lose weight for my health. And it was, I need to be as skinny as possible because this is never enough. And now I'm struggling with some weight gain, got diagnosed with a binge eating disorder. And because of the weight gain and I'm in a larger body, the conversation is still going back to, okay, you have an eating disorder, but you still need to lose weight. I want to point something out that you said, and I'm probably going to be paraphrasing but you made a reference to the doctors were always saying you need to lose weight. You need to go on a diet as opposed to saying what's going on. How can we help what's underneath this? And again, it was just this behavioral fix that was unsustainable and was not getting to the core issues of what was going on. Is that, is that correct? Or I don't want to speak for you in any way. Yeah, No, exactly. I felt like I, 
didn't have the words to tell the doctors like, I'm struggling with my body image or with food or my relationship with food. I didn't have those words because being someone who's always been in a larger body, the thought of I could have an eating disorder was never in my mind because it was never brought up. It was just, if you were smaller, you might have an eating disorder. And so this thought in my head was like, well, maybe this is happening But then I was like, oh, it can't, it couldn't possibly be happening because I'm overweight. And these doctors aren't even bringing up these issues that could be happening. And it's just, you need to lose weight. So I always thought the problem was me because I was overweight and I was the one failing because I couldn't lose weight. And I think that's where that conversation, I looking back now, I wish doctors would have said, Let's figure out why you're struggling with food, why you keep losing weight. But that was never the conversation. And also, I'm assuming, and and forgive me, I don't really like that word, but the fact that they kept saying, well, this diet didn't work, so let's try another diet. That diet didn't work, let's try another diet. Never, well, one thing, I'm probably felt like you were failing. Like here they are giving you all these options. And did anyone ever discuss with you that diets don't work? (laughs) Diets are not sustainable. Diets are not a realistic way to live in this world. And that you were being set up for failure over and over and over again. Was that ever talked about? It was always made when I would go to doctors and I was losing weight, it was always praised. Like you're doing such a great job. Keep going. And if the scale didn't move, if I didn't lose weight at that appointment, it was always like, what did you do wrong? What happened that made you not be able to lose weight this week? And so it was never of maybe this program or diets, like you said, is what the issue is. It was always back to me and making me feel like I failed in some way. And then that just added to me going to more drastic measures to say, okay, well, it's not the diet. The diet should be working. So it has to be me. So now I'm going to start cutting even more calories or stop eating more because it has to be something that I'm doing. What do you think it was like on your perfect little psyche and soul as a young being to be told to be going on diets as a young child? How do you think that impacted you? I think it always made me feel like unless I was in a smaller body, I would never be worthy and I would never be good enough. I would never have friends. I would never make it in life. And it really made me start doubting myself and who I was. And I kind of got this label at a very young age of being the shy fat girl. And I knew that wasn't me. Like deep down to my core, I knew that wasn't me. But I feel like that's just who I started to become because I really thought my worth came from my size. And because I didn't look like everyone else, that it had to be because I was overweight. And so I think even from a young age, getting that label or being told, oh, she's just shy. Oh, you know, she can't eat this or that because, you know, the doctor wants her to lose weight. It really played into this. I'm not good enough from a very, very young age. I also want to say the medical field, not only do they unfortunately not have enough education around eating disorders, but they hold this, 
like, how do I say this? Like this invisible power over people because we go to them when we are feeling our most vulnerable. And so what they say is what we do and internalize. And so I feel like for you, you went through through so many different ends of the spectrum with doctors, with doctors first telling you, you know, and first of all, with that label, I, I'm so sorry, shy fat girl. That's, it's, it's, I, I don't even know what words to articulate that. So I just want to start there. But first you felt like you were being reprimanded. And then as you were going into more of a restrictive anorexia form of wave, you were then being praised by these doctors. And so it's, it, everything is so black and white in this narrative. You're either doing the right thing and getting praised or you're doing the wrong thing and you're being told you're bad. I, I can't imagine what years and years of that was like for you. And it was even, no matter what diet I was on, even if I was quote unquote perfect, I did everything I was supposed to do if the scale didn't move, the conversation was always, well, you had to have done something wrong. And so I think that's where, like you said, years and years of this and really internalizing what did I do wrong and not thinking about how this, everything along with weight loss is not black and white. Even if you're trying to lose weight, it's not going to be a linear process. But I was never told that because it was always, you must have done something wrong. You must have quote unquote cheated because the scale should be moving. And if it's not, it's not the diet or the program, it's always you. And I also want to say that you got a lot of praise from culture and society. And so how did that play into it? And where are you today? Because by the way, you're you're more than somebody who's just in a certain size body. You're a human being and our bodies fluctuate. And, and if we're eating, if we're in an eating disorder, they fluctuate a lot. So what was the praise like before when you were losing a lot of weight and in a downward trend? And what was society telling you? And what are they saying now? It was very much from friends, family of you look so good now. You're doing such a good job. I'm so proud of you. And so that just reinforced that what you're doing is good. So I kept going. And when I got diagnosed with an eating disorder, I was a little bit heavier than I was at my lowest. And the conversation was, well, do you really have an eating disorder or do you just need to lose weight? Or are you using this as an excuse to be someone who's in a larger body? And so it was a lot of back and forth conflict, not just within myself, but with friends and family saying, oh, are you really eating that? Are you allowed to eat that? Should you be eating that? And then that reinforced that thought of maybe I shouldn't be doing this, or maybe I have eaten too much, or maybe I should stop eating. And this thought still in the back of my mind of, being someone in a larger body who's saying they have an eating disorder and everyone says that's an excuse for staying in a larger body. That conflict of, am I really supposed to be in recovery or am I supposed to start another diet to lose weight and then go into recovery? And I share my story very openly online. And when I was in the phase of being at my lowest, it was like, thousands of comments coming in. You're an inspiration. You inspire me. 
you motivate me. And I almost felt like I had to keep that up because I didn't want to let anyone down. And then now I'm sharing my journey that I've gained weight. And for the most part, it's been supportive online, but I've definitely had thousands of people saying how much of a disappointment I am, how much I failed them, that I don't motivate them anymore, that I look so bad now, that I failed, I should be ashamed. So I think when you have this narrative in your head that you maybe shouldn't be doing recovery, you should lose weight again, you should go on a diet again, and then you have society telling you, yes, you looked so much better in a smaller body. Yes, you should be losing weight. You shouldn't be doing recovery. That's just an excuse to stay in a larger body. It really makes it, it's like a tug of war within yourself of what should I do? And then it gets even harder to listen to your body and yourself with what you deeply know what you should be doing because of all these external factors telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And because you're in a larger body, you need to lose weight. How did you navigate through all of those really horrible comments where people that, by the way, you, it is it is not your job to inspire them. I mean, we, we all want to be inspirational. I mean, I do this podcast because I want to inspire people to being truthful and authentic and use their voice. What it, What was it like for you when people were turning against you? Because at the end of the day, diets don't work and you are human. Right. I think it was very hard in the beginning. And that was at like the early stages of my recovery. I was kind of very unsure of what was happening. I didn't know if recovery was going to even work, if this was even something that would work for me, if I should lose weight before recovery. Like I already had all these self-doubt thoughts in my head. And so to have all these other people coming at you and attacking you and saying you failed, you should be ashamed when you're already feeling that way about yourself, it's very hard to then say, you know what, I'm going to disconnect from that and just continue down the path of what I know is right for me. And it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of talking to my therapist, a lot of nights crying, like, is this even worth it? And I think the bottom line that I had to come to realization with is at the end of the day, I'm the one who matters. What I'm doing in my life, I'm the one who is on this journey and experiencing this. And no matter what, I want to recover because I could not continue living this life of constantly struggling with food and struggling with my body. Like I felt like I couldn't go one more day doing this. And so I kind of had to say, you know what? I don't care like not in a negative way, but that I don't motivate you, or I don't care if I'm not your inspiration anymore. I'm going to continue to be authentic to myself, throw all the labels out and just focus on what I need to do. And the most important thing for me is to recover and have a healthy relationship with myself and my body. And I really started just showing up as me online for the first time and said, you know what? I've addressed the weight gain. I've addressed I have an eating disorder. If that's not something you like or anything that you're going to support, move along because I don't have time for this. And I'm going to continue to share my journey, my struggles myself and show up authentically as me. And if that can inspire other people to do the same, great. 
And if, you know, this is the end of the journey for us and you want to move on, go ahead. And I wish you nothing but the best, but I need to continue to move forward. So the comments now still get to me sometimes, but I have to remind myself of what I'm doing and the bigger picture so I can continue to move forward. What was it that had you finally go to an eating disorder specialist, not, not a diet specialist, not a Weight Watchers, not a Jenny Craig, like what, what had you go to an eating disorder therapist and how has that shifted since being diagnosed with binge eating disorder? What did it mean to you? I heard you say earlier, what it meant to other people is that you were using it as an excuse, which, which is unbelievable. So say a little bit about that. So I remember going to my doctor several times and asking for help without coming out and saying, I need help. It was, I'm really having a hard time eating. I'm having a hard time. I'm eating a lot of food and then getting myself sick. I have days I don't want to eat at all. I can go two or three days and not eat anything. And I was begging for that help, but it was always, oh, you're fine. Just keep losing weight. And it got to a point where finally I was like, this is enough. I need to talk to a therapist about this, not just a regular therapist, but someone who specializes in eating disorders or relationship with food. And I remember she kind of looked at me and was like, eating disorders, like you don't have an eating disorder, you need to lose weight. And I said, if you don't have someone within network or within my insurance plan, that has someone like this, I need you to refer me outside to someone or I'm going to go outside and find someone. But I'm tired of you only telling me to lose weight, I need help. And so she got me in, in contact with the head of the department. I told them I don't want just a regular therapist. I need someone who specializes in food, body image, relationship with food. They connected me to someone. And within like the first two meetings, I kind of felt like I could take a breath because she's like, you know what, you have a binge eating disorder, and I'm here to help you. And it just felt like finally, after years of begging for help, someone actually listened to me and heard me. And it wasn't a conversation of just lose weight. It was let's get you the help that you've needed for so long. You know, there's there's one part of me that I'm hearing your narrative and I'm I'm so I'm like I'm like so proud of you. I'm like, yeah, Jacqueline, you go, you tell them what you need. And then there's another part of me that's saying, hold on. Why do you have to go to that extreme to be heard? And if it were a different disorder, would you have to fight this hard? And so how many people out there don't have your voice? And I mean, the fact that you had to say, you either find someone for me or I'm going somewhere else is, is so invalidating to what you've been experiencing all these years. And th this, there isn't even a question to this. I'm just pointing it out, you know? And so how has it changed for you since seeing an eating disorder therapist, since being diagnosed with binge eating disorder? And what are some of the things that are underneath that, that are manifesting the behaviors for you? I think for me, still being someone in a larger body and how society treats people in larger bodies is still something I really struggle with. And the thought in my head that I have to kind of silence every single day is you need to lose weight 
to be healthy, you have to lose weight. And this like constant thought in my head that maybe I should just lose weight and then go through recovery. And I think that's that constant battle for me that I've had to kind of work through during recovery. But then I have to keep telling myself, this is what we need to do in order to have a great life. Because like you said, diets don't work. And I've tried every single one multiple times and just ended up gaining more weight back than what I originally started with. And I think having little moments happen where it kind of is like, this is how life should be. Or little moments of, you know what, recovery is possible, I think really helps me get rid of kind of some of those negative voices and trust in myself again that what we're doing is the right thing. And I'm a huge Disney fan. So me and my fiance go to Disneyland all the time. And I remember we were, we got a thing of popcorn. We wanted some popcorn. We got on the train and I just started, you know, talking, enjoying the day, eating popcorn. And I turned to him and started bawling. And he's like, what's wrong? What happened? Like, what's going on? And I was like, this is how life should be. I should be able to enjoy popcorn at Disneyland without worrying about how many calories is this? How is this going to make me gain weight? Should I be eating this? Should I not be doing this? And it was in that moment, I finally, everything kind of clicked. And I knew what I was doing was worth it and that it was going to work because I had to get my life back. And moments like that, that are maybe normal for a lot of people are not for me and they haven't been ever. And so just having that little glimpse of hope, I think is what continues to have me move forward. Even being someone, you know, in a larger body or is told you shouldn't be doing this or you should be, you know, told I should lose weight. It's those little moments that help me continue to silence that and move forward. Those little moments in recovery build a, a full recovery. Do you know what I'm saying? Those, mm-hmm. those little moments. And, you know, regardless of the, the eating disorder, binge eating disorder, anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, what, whatever disorder we're talking about, that is what we're recovering too, because those small moments are the real life moments. Like I wasn't recovering to, you know, I don't know, uh, getting married and having 2.2 kids and a dog and a white picket fence. I was, I was recovering to those small moments where I was like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be normal, quote unquote, whatever normal is. This is what it feels like to live in a world without worrying about food in any way and just being. And I, I think people that have been in eating disorders, whether you're in it currently or you you're recovered, I like, I don't take those moments for granted still to this day. And those are, that's what I recovered to. And, and again, every time you have a small moment, it builds on the next one. And that's what my therapist tells me is all of those moments, even though you might think they're small in the grand scheme of it, they're huge moments that are helping you. Because my biggest thing is, when I have like a negative thought come back in my head or I act on a binge or I do something that I feel like is wrong still, like going back to diets and feeling like it was my fault. Now in recovery, if I do something that I don't feel the best with, 
it's, she tells me it's building on those moments and those real life experiences to actually figure out what you need to do. And not just these hypothetical thoughts of if this happens, what should you do? Or what can I do? It's actually living through some of those moments and experiencing it that kind of build on each other. That's going to help you continue to move forward. So all these experiences that we go through, whether we feel they're good or bad, are all helping us kind of build on one another so you you can continue to move forward. So even though I feel like sometimes they're small, like you said, those are the moments that are going to help us continue to move forward. I I want to go back a little bit. And, you know, I I often refer back to how my own mind was working when I was in my eating disorder. I was so hypersensitive to anybody else's comments about me or views of me or whatnot. And now I'm trying to imagine you, Jacqueline, going through this process publicly and having people make negative comments about you. And again, I apologize. I know we talked about that a few minutes ago, but I want to bring it back. What are what are things that you do to stay in recovery when or to move forward in the recovery and push away those public negative statements? I think the biggest thing that I had to do was really go back internally to who I am and close off social media, shut down the blog, shut down the sites, shut down the comments and really sit down. And what helps me is journaling and getting it all out. This person called me fat. I shouldn't be, you know, recovering. I just like get it all out. Even if it doesn't make sense, I write it all out. And then as I keep writing it, I'm like, you know what? They said this about me, but that doesn't make it true. And just because they called me this doesn't mean that that's what I am. And I feel like getting it out on paper gets it out of my head a little bit. So it's not just something I'm holding on to because that was the biggest thing for me is I held on to my emotions. I pretended I was okay. I laughed off the comments all the time and I turned to food for that comfort. So now it's like, if I can just sit down and get it out or even call my mom, my sister, my fiance, and just like get everything I'm feeling out, even if it doesn't make sense, I could then take a break and a breath and a step back and say, that's something that they need to work on is why they feel the need to put me down and to be able to call someone some of those names and to shame someone for their body, that's something that they need to work on that has nothing to do with me and that doesn't define me. And I have to like disconnect it. So I allow myself to feel it. I cry, I journal, I get it all out. And then I step back and say, you know what? That's on them. I can't control what they're doing, what they say. I can only control what I'm doing and how I continue to talk to myself, feel about myself, and continuing to do what's best for me because I can't control them. I can only control what I'm doing. It's, it's, I'm sitting here and I'm nodding and I'm saying yes. And I'm also imagining what it was like when you were younger and you didn't have that strong of a voice. Like I'm trying to imagine, you know, Jacqueline at seven years old and, and, you know, did you, you didn't have that, that inner strength and that inner dialogue. And, you know, this is why, you know, bullying people or just being, you know, kids can be, and, and please everybody hear me. I love children, but they can be very, very cruel. And you don't have the, you, you have 
no matter how old you are, you can feel pain, right? You can right. feel emotional pain. But if you're young, you don't have the words to talk yourself through it. And so I'm just imagining what was it like for you when you were younger? Looking back now, I get really emotional because I know I could still feel exactly what like little Jacqueline felt. And I think that's where things kind of got hard for me because I was such a people pleaser. I was such a yes girl. I never said no. If anyone made fun of me, I didn't want other people to be uncomfortable. So I laughed it off and was like, oh, it doesn't bother me. And I think people just kind of came to assume that's who I was. Like I was a lighthearted, I laughed at everything, nothing bothered me. So it kind of gave people even more permission to keep treating me the way they were. And it makes me sad because like you said, I didn't have the words, I didn't have the voice. And it just, and I think that's why I just kind of became what everyone else kind of labeled me as because I didn't know any differently to stand up for myself or speak to myself. And if I did, and my parents brought me to the doctor or anything like that, it always went back to weight. And so I think it just makes me sad that we're in such a society that, you know, eating disorders and body image start at such a young age. And it just, it's something in me that just kind of I get sad for myself, but I also get sad for the children and the young people now out there having to deal with this. And I think that's why for me, I continue to share my story and share myself online and put it out there so openly and get very real and vulnerable with it. Because if it can help one person or, you know, I've had people come to me and say, their daughter struggles with this and how my posts are helping their daughter. It just, it reinforces that, you know what, I can get hate online, but at the end of the day, if it can help someone because I did not have that help growing up, then that's what I want to continue to do is be a voice, share my story. If people don't like it, not much I can do about it, but I'm going to continue to show up and share myself and kind of, be the help that I so wanted for so long and kind of be what I wish I had. I'm, I'm curious, and you might not be able to, to draw from this or, or pull any examples, but what are some of the posts that you can think of that you've done that have parents come up and say, that really, really helped my child. Like, do you know, cause I I'm imagining there's some people out there listening right now saying, can, can we have some words of wisdom, Jacqueline? And I, I don't know if you can draw from them. I think my biggest thing is I don't just stick to weight loss or weight gain. I look at it as a bigger picture of if you're struggling, if you're going through a hard time, here's what my struggles were, or here's what my journey was, and here's how I'm overcoming it. And I think a lot of people can take that and apply it to what they're going through in life. So when I share about how I was put down or shamed by a doctor, and how I got really upset and was crying in the car, but that I reminded myself of 
that I'm stronger than this. This doctor just doesn't know what they're talking about. I can have the power to find a different doctor, get the help I need because I have a voice and standing up for myself is what I need to do and how you're strong. You don't have to take what people say. I think it's moments and conversations like that that give people the strength to be like, you know what? Yes, I've been through a similar situation. My daughter's been through a similar situation. I've had this happen with my friend, my cousin, my aunt, not just in weight loss, but people have said with alcohol recovery and depression and anxiety, all these things that are like more mental health related that people have not talked about or given the help that they deserve or need. It helps apply it to their life to be able to say, you know what, she was able to stand up for herself even though she went through this with the doctors that they didn't believe her, they called her names, they told her to lose weight. She's still fighting. I think that's where that kind of motivation comes for people. Like no matter what she's been through, she keeps fighting. And I think that's that powerful message that people constantly are telling me is you never give up. No matter what you've been through, you never give up. So if you can do it, then I can do it. Again, I'm sitting here saying, you know, what what a fighter, what a what a this, what a that, but why does why do you have to fight for who you are, Jacqueline? Like, how do we live in a culture that this is a conversation you and I are having on a podcast interview? Like you're you're talking about your freedom to be, your freedom to live as you are and having to fight for it. And you know, one of the reasons for this podcast is to destigmatize eating disorders, take away shame, having real conversations like you and I are having right now. And it just, it, I, 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 I feel a little speechless because again, I'm hearing how hard you have to stand up for yourself and fight for yourself. And it's your body. We don't owe anybody anything any explanations. And there is no one way to be in a body. And I'm also wondering if people know anything else about you, or do they just look at you from the perspective of the body? Like, do people know other, like your, your things that you love and, and that you're, you're engaged and like, you love Disneyland and things like that? Or do people just sort of minimize you to this one dimensional thing, thing. I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh my gosh, Jacqueline, I just said thing, but person, I'm sorry. I think I've been so proud of myself for fighting and for being so strong and for going through this, but sometimes I take a step back and it's like, but why do I have to do this? Why does it have to be so hard? Why do every time I have to go to a doctor, it has to turn into this battle to just try to get my basic needs met? Why when I have an ear infection is the first thing they say, lose weight? Why when I am having stomach issues, the first thing they say is to lose weight? And it's kind of become a norm to me where I know if I go to the doctor, we're going to talk about my weight. Like it's just something that from a very young age, I've just kind of accepted But then it's like, but why? Why have we gotten to this place where I have to fight to be heard or listened to just because of the size of my body? And that's something I think 
I've really, as I go through recovery, something that I really want to kind of, like you said, help break that stigma even more with not just mental health, but eating disorders and trying to figure out ways that I can help. Because the saddest thing for me is I, I feel proud of myself for being able to fight and being strong, but there's so many people who can't and don't have that. And that's where it just completely breaks me to think about. And it's just, like you said, having this conversation of just because you're in a larger body or the size of your body somehow gives you the right to not be treated equally is something that just completely blows my mind. You know, and I posted a picture of myself in shorts on Instagram the other day a basic thing that people might be able to do. And the number one comment was, wow, you're so brave. And I like just thinking about that was like, why am I brave? Because I'm bigger and I'm putting out a picture of myself in shorts. But if someone in a smaller body did that, are they not brave? So like there's this conversation going on that the more I go into recovery, the deeper I'm kind of peeling back these layers of what's actually going on and realizing I'm not the problem. It's society is the problem and what we're taught and what we see and what we hear and how people treat us like that's the problem. Like, and it just, it, it makes me speechless too, because, you know, experiencing it firsthand is something that's very difficult, but then trying to think, how can I help? is even more kind of overwhelming because I don't know how to help fix it. You are by the way you're using your voice. You are by the way you're sharing messages, you're talking to other people. You you are helping in ways that uh, I feel are indescribable. You know, I, I Unfortunately, we're we're going to have to come to an end in a, in a few seconds. And there's a part of me that also wants to end here because of how what you just said. Like I want I want to stop there and let people hear what you just said and and let it sink in. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you would like to share with listeners before we close? The only thing, and I love telling everyone this, is stay true to yourself and continue doing what's best for you because you're so much stronger than you think you are. And that power, that strength, your voice is already inside you and you don't need to change a single thing about yourself to continue being your best self. And that's just something I like to keep repeating over and over to myself, but that I just love sharing with other people is continue to stay true to who you are, regardless of what anyone else says and continue to do what's best for you. Jacqueline, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. It has absolutely been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved having this conversation with you. Well, again, it, it, the pleasure is all mine. All right, everyone, that does it for another episode of Recovery Bites. I look forward to speaking with each and every one of you next time. Take care and stay safe. 
We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Recovery Bites. Be sure to visit recoverybitespodcast.com to join the conversation, access show notes, listen to past episodes, and more. You can also find us by searching for Recovery Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and major podcast streaming players. For weekly episode releases, you can follow us at at Recovery Bites Pod on Instagram. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show or to submit a guest request, please visit KarenLewisEDC.com forward slash podcast signup to begin the process. I'd also like to send out a heartfelt thank you to my producer, Jen Galvin. It is unbelievable the magic she does behind the scenes. All right, everyone. See you next week for another Recovery Bite. Thanks for listening.